Jesus. <laughs> He's here. You know, um, a couple of the most commonly asked questions we get asked all the time, that's why they're so common, is, uh, you know, like, what do you do when it doesn't happen? And, and I, I, I think I talked about that this morning a, a little bit, um, that, you know, why isn't this happening? Why didn't it happen? Why didn't they get healed? And in reality, there is no answer to that question. So we can ask it all we want, um, and like a dog chasing his tail around. Um, but there's not an answer to that question. You know, the correct question is, what are you doing right now, God? And how can I partner with what you're doing right now? But sometimes we pray for a person and we don't see anything happen. And that doesn't mean that something's not happening. Because we are making a deposit. When, you're, when you realize you're seated with him in the heavenly places and you're praying from that place of being with him, from heaven into the earth, something is always imparted. And, you know, so we, of course, like to know, and sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes we do get the feedback. Did, did I tell you about the, the nine-year-old boy that had autism this morning? Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I will. Um, <laughs> so I was in, uh, uh, in Germany, and uh, this was two summers ago, and a dad with his 19-year-old son came up to me, and he said, well, you don't remember this, but 10 years ago, you, did, you preached a conference in Kreuzlingen, Switzerland, uh, and I did, and it was a great conference, I remember that. And he said, during the conference, I mean, maybe there were 300 people in the room, and during worship, I was just moving around the room, which I like to do, and prowling around and doing some mischief and whatever. And... Um, he said, you came to the back, and my son was nine years old at the time, and you walked by, and you just put your hand on my son's head and just left it there for a little while and walked on. Well, what you didn't know was that he had been diagnosed all his life with severe autism. But from that moment on, the autism left. Woo! Now, I didn't know that for... Ten years, and then here's this 19-year-old young man. He's the drummer on the worship band. He said, I don't have autism. And, you know, God changed his life completely at that time. How good is that? And so we make deposits, and we don't always know what's happening. But remember, we're, we're coming from the place of abundance, not lack, not, oh, what's not happening, what's not happening, what's not happening. We're coming from the place of what's happening. wonder what's happening. And so uh, one time we had a man who came to the healing rooms and he, he had had uh, cancer of the kidneys and, and so they had to remove one of his kidneys because it was cancerous. And so they said, you know, it's okay, the other one's okay. And then he went back for a test and they said, actually, I'm sorry, but there's cancer in your other kidney and we're probably going to have to remove it. And he just went into depression. He said it felt like he was being tormented by devils. He just went, he had fear, uh, you know, anxiety, um, you know, just was totally freaked out all the time. And somebody said to him, you know, have you ever gone to Bethel Healing Rooms? And he hadn't, and so he, he thought he'd give it a try. And he came in, and, and have any of you ever been to the healing rooms at Bethel? Oh, look at, oh my goodness. Was it fun? 
<laughs> and so it's like a festival. It's not like anything else. Um, and so in the first area, you know, as you come in and you're filling out your forms, people give words of knowledge and they pray for you and legs grow out and all kinds of fun things happen. Um, and so people were giving words of knowledge about conditions and people were, you know, raising their hand and, you know, getting prayer and getting healed. And he's thinking, this is so phony. He said, you know, they're saying like right arm, left foot, you know, just they're saying this stuff and nobody says anything about left kidney. He's just thinking, it's, it's all a fake. And all of a sudden this girl gets up and she goes, I don't know, but I feel like the only reason I'm here is that God wants somebody to know he cares about your left kidney. <laughs> when she said that, you know, I mean, the guy just burst into tears all of a sudden. He just got wrecked. Everybody prayed for him. He felt the love all over him, but he still felt the, you know, the same pain in his left kidney and, you know, the same swelling and, and all the discomfort. Um, and so then he went in, you know, he received prayer. He didn't feel anything happen. And then he went to our last phase of the healing rooms as a class on how to steward your healing and what to do if the enemy tries to steal from you your healing because the enemy steals. That's what he does. He's a stealer. And so you just need to stand and go, no, you can't have it. Um, and this is an important thing is if, you, if all pain is gone from your body, like, you know, your knee's all better, and in a week, all of a sudden, you feel that pain. The moment that we say, oh, the pain's back, we've just partnered with it with a lie from the enemy. It's lying pain from the enemy. It's not yours. Say, it's not mine. You know, and so if immediately when you feel it, instead of partnering with it, you go, nope, I'm not having that back. You be gone. It leaves. It's, an, it's amazing, the authority that we have. And so we teach this in that last class. And, you know, and so that you know, was one of the points. So he left feeling like hope-filled and, and encouraged and loved and all that, but still the pain in his kidney. He didn't feel like anything had happened to his kidney. So he gets in his car and he's thinking about it and he's driving down the hill and all of a sudden he gets hit with this joy, this laughter. He doesn't know why he's laughing. He doesn't know where it came from. He's laughing so hard he can't. He's hitting his head on the steering wheel laughing. He pulls over to the side of the road and falls over on, a, on the seat just laughing hysterically. He doesn't have any idea why he's laughing. How many of you can imagine such an experience? How many of you like that kind of stuff when it happens? Yes. <laughs> yes, please. Let's have more of that. <laughs> Outbreaks of joy. <laughs> Ambushed by joy. Um, so he's just wrecked with joy, just laughing and laughing. And finally, he regains his composure, and he thinks, okay, I can drive now. <laughs> and, and he gets behind the wheel, he gets out on the highway, and it hits again, and he starts laughing. He can't stop. He pulls over, and he's just completely wrecked. So he's, he's back in his hotel room that night, and um, all of a sudden, the terror comes back that he had felt when he felt like he was tormented, you know, and, and just going to be tortured and die. And he remembers that teaching, and he goes, wait a minute. That terror was gone. I'm not accepting that. And he commanded it to leave, and the terror left his hotel room. It was gone. And so all of a sudden, he felt fire all over his body. He fell back on his bed, and he's, you know, like vibrating under the heat of God. And suddenly, his kidneys are on fire. And then all of a sudden, the fire goes out, and there's no pain in his kidneys. Okay, I forgot to tell you one thing. As, he's, as, as the prayer team was praying for him at the healing rooms, a young man said, I see 
you at your doctor's office and the doctor comes in holding two pieces of paper and he said, I'm looking at your reports before and I'm looking at your reports after and this doesn't make any sense. Okay, so, you know, so all of a sudden he's, you know, he doesn't have any pain in his kidneys. It takes two weeks before he has an appointment with the doctor. He goes to the doctor. The doctor does all these tests and, you know, spending a lot of time and finally comes into the office with two pieces of paper. And he said, I'm looking at your reports before and your reports now. This doesn't make any sense. We can't find any cancer in your kidneys at all. Oh! So that guy came back, you know, like a month later and shared that testimony. Now, we didn't know that he'd gotten healed, but we know that we imparted everything that we had of heaven to pour into him for his healing. Um, you know, like with the lady and the tumors on her uterus, uh, you know, the, the doctor in the doctor's office, he just watched them all go and disappear. Um, we don't know why, but we don't have to know why. God just likes to do things certain ways because he's engaged with the person who's receiving the healing. And so one of the questions that's really important to us is, what do we do? Um, how do we end a session when we're praying for somebody and we don't see any manifestation of the healing? We don't see anything happen. Okay, so let's see, Pastor Daniel, I'm going to use you as a um, victim. <laughs> <laughs> you can stand up. And so pretend he's got this, you know, this chronic condition, whatever it is. It's not a prophetic word. <laughs> um, you know, and we, we pray for him. We pray a bunch of times. We do all kinds of stuff. He doesn't experience any results. Okay, so what do we do? We can go, oh, sucks for you. Must not be your day. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so sorry. You know, we don't want to take on discouragement and we don't want to discourage him, right? Right. Now, if I take on discouragement for not seeing something, I've got to look at myself. Am I then going to take on glory if I do see something? Who? Oh, see, it's not about me. It's about my obedience. I'm called to lay hands on the sick and, you know, see him recover, to heal the sick. So I'm just stepping out in obedience. I'm not going to take the glory or the discouragement. But I'm not going to be insensitive. I'm not going to go, uh, well, some other day. I'm not going to make excuses. But I, I want to leave him. How do, how do you want to leave him? Do you want to leave him feeling loved, feeling cared for? Okay, so, um, so I'm going to, let's see. Um, why don't you come up here and hold the mic for me? Because I, I talk with my hands and I have to use my hands for lots of things. <laughs> So I'm, I'm going, Daniel, you know, thank you so much for letting me pray with you. You know, um, this condition has been, you know, it's been somewhat stressful for you and everything. And we just want to brush off all of that. You know, any of the hopelessness, any of the discouragement, you know, because that's not from God and that's not you. Yep. Yep. Boom. Just get, shoot, bye-bye. <laughs> and if it's really heavy, I just say, hey, why don't you just take off that overcoat? You know, that's heavy weight of anxiety and stress and, oh, yes, boom. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm just going to release the peace of God over you, okay? Okay, so I'm just going to release peace on your mind. Whoop. 
Incoming peace, look out. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. <laughs> peace on your heart. <laughs> oh, oh, I think some joy is slipping in there too. <laughs> Watch out, be careful, it might get you. <laughs> oh, an ambush of joy, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how are you feeling right now, Daniel? <laughs> feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> See, isn't this a better way to leave him? Because God can continue to work on him, but I'm not going to leave with his discouragement or my discouragement. We're going to get rid of that, and we're going to leave him feeling loved, feeling at peace. He's going to get a little bit drunk, a little bit drunk <laughs> on the love of God. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, thank you for coming in. Thanks for letting me pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> Have a seat, buddy. <laughs> you know, and, you know, just because we want to leave somebody feeling loved, feeling encouraged, not discouraged. And sometimes people have come. How many of you have ever come for healing? Like, it seems like a hundred times, or maybe it's only five, maybe it's ten. You know, and you didn't see the breakthrough. Anybody ever, you know. And so you don't even want to come back. You don't even want to ask for healing. But you know, that you should, and so you come. And, and sometimes we need to help them lift off that weight before we even minister to them. Because they're, they're, they're stepping out in faith, they're wanting to see it happen, but there's still this, this weight over them of this never happens when anybody prays for me. And we want to help them break agreement and just connect with that for freedom. And so this is why we want to ask God, what are you saying and what are you doing? Because he's going to tell us if somebody's just under discouragement and if they've gone through this, you know, a hundred times already and not seen anything. And, you know, that, you know, we want to be compassionate about that. We want to stand with them and go, hey, we just want to lift off that weight. We want to, you know, release peace on your mind. And so we want to leave people knowing their love, feeling encouragement from God, whether or not the symptoms leave at that moment because they have permission to go at any time. Um, we prayed for a woman in Norway. She, was, uh, she had MS. She was in a wheelchair. And she'd been in a wheelchair, I think, 30 years. I mean, a really long time. And so I had my team. I had a, a team of people with me. Every time we came in, everybody, I just had them love on her. I just want you to love on her. I think her name was Kathleen. You know, just, just love her. And we'd get around and we'd love her. And we'd pray for her, of course. But we just loved her. And at the end of the conference, she wrote me a letter and she said, I want to thank you because I've been to lots of conferences. I've been prayed for by lots of people. And when they don't see me healed, they always get a discouraging look on their face. And then they tell me that, you know, there must be some unforgiveness in my life. Hey, have you checked to see if there's any sin? And I always feel like it's my fault. And all you guys did was love me. You just loved me every single day. You loved me as, I was, as if I was the most important person in the world. And the symptoms have not left, but I feel nothing but love. And I want to thank you. And I just went, oh, that's what we want to do. You know, because we don't understand all this stuff. I mean, Jesus, everybody got healed when they came to Jesus, and they should get healed. But... They're coming to me instead of Jesus. Now, he's in there, and I want 
him to come through. And so when I don't see things happening often, you know, I'll go to him. I won't carry the discouragement and I won't project discouragement on my friend. But I'm going to go to Jesus and go, you know, I've got to have a greater revelation of the finished work of the cross because you paid for it fully for everyone. And I've, you know, I've got to have that encouragement. I've got to have a greater, greater revelation of your finished work. And it's before him that I, I you know, lay before him saying, I've, I've just got to have more of that. I've got to have more of that. And I, you know, if you want to grow in healing, I, I read the Gospels continually. I read lots of other stuff. I'm in Joshua right now, but, and I was in Revelation. You know, I, I go all over the Bible, but I'm always in the Gospels also because that's Jesus and that's him and that's healing and he is my model. You know, the church I went to, that's not my model. Their prayer team's model isn't my model. I always want to come back to his model. He never discouraged people. He never blamed people. He never told them they didn't have enough faith. He never, uh, you know, told them it wasn't their time. He just loved and healed. And so I keep feeding myself on his words and his actions and who he is and what he did. And I go, yeah, I've, I've just got to have a greater revelation of that finished work. And, um, you know, just one more thing. Whoa. Let's just stop for a minute. Yeah. You know that word in the Psalms, that Selah? It just means you just, I just felt like God was just dropping a Selah in the room, just saying, hey, just stop. Just stop and think about, yeah, it's about you and me. Yeah, but it's about how much I love you. It's about how much I loved you, so I went to the cross for you. Yeah, it's about how I came to destroy the works of the enemy in your life and in the world. It's about how much God loved the world, so much that he gave his only son, that whoever Anybody who believes in him won't perish. Won't perish in sickness, in finances, in poverty, in relational dysfunction. There's no perishing. Won't perish eternally. Won't perish in any way. His plan is no perishing. But that they might have eternal life, abundant life, everlasting life. Life like a river that knows no limits a river that flows and flows and flows, a river, an abundant river of life, a generous river flowing from the throne of God. Yep, I came so that you might have that encounter with abundance, with generosity, with love that flows from heaven. Yep. Thank you, God. Your love is not like our love. Your justice is not like our justice. You came and took all the judgment we deserve upon your body on the cross so that we're free to be loved, freed from judgment and free to be loved. Yeah, your love doesn't work like ours. It doesn't change. It doesn't diminish. Yeah, it doesn't come in part. God, renew our minds to how you are. Yeah, your love doesn't depend on our, on who we are. 
Yeah, while we were still sinners, you died for us. When we crucified you, you said, forgive them. They don't, they don't know what they're doing. Those guys knew they were killing him, but they didn't really know what they were doing. He just forgave. Forgiveness is the very air we breathe. We breathe in God's forgiveness towards us, and we breathe out forgiveness to other people. It's that rhythm, that ebb and flow of life. I breathe in your forgiveness, God, and I breathe it out to everyone around me. Your forgiveness mixed with mine, your breath and mine. And if I stop breathing you in, I die. If I stop breathing out, I die. And so I want to just continue in the breath of heaven. I am forgiven, and I can forgive anybody anywhere around me. It isn't because they deserve it, because those guys who nailed you to the cross didn't deserve it. Those Pharisees who sent you to judgment didn't deserve it. But you died for them as well. And I thank you that your love doesn't function in limitation like our love. You don't give it in part. Yep, you are love. God, we want to renew our minds to that, to fatherhood, to true fatherhood. Yep, you're not like our physical fathers. Some were good, some were, weren't there at all, and some were bad. But you're not like any of them. Renew our minds to the fatherhood of God. We are loved by the everlasting Father. We're the apple of your eye. We're your pleasure and delight. We're the sons and daughters that you love. That, you, that you're pleased with and take pleasure in. You're our biggest fan. You celebrate us. You champion us. Come to all our games. Yep. Always cheering us on. Yep. You don't function like the world. Yep. And we want our minds renewed to you, not they already know the ways of the world. We want our mind renewed to how you are. The, the abundance and generosity of heaven, renew our minds to that. Yeah, that we can forgive when there's no repentance. We can forgive because we're forgiven. Thank you, God. Yeah, we want to... Yeah. The giving of gifts in this world so often is performance-based, the giving of awards and gifts. But you cause your rain to fall on the just and on the unjust. You give because it's who you are. It's who you are. And I know there are celebrations and there's, there are rewards and there are all kinds of things. There's, yeah, but the gifts you give are without repentance. You give gifts of healing, of salvation, of deliverance. And you don't withhold them based on our problems. You bought them for the world. And everybody in the world already has that package, that Christmas present all wrapped up right there in their lap. A gift of healing, salvation, deliverance, because it was purchased for everybody. It's right there. And we have the 
blessed job of helping people receive what you already paid for that's already theirs. And we don't know what it'll take for them to open that gift. But we want to partner with you, be co-laborers with you, help other people receive what you already paid for. Not withhold it or argue it. It is a gift that's too good to be true. <laughs> it is. Oh, we want to be part of helping people receive the good gift that you purchased. Thank you, God. Thank you for your goodness towards us. Jesus. Yeah. In the world, we go from a good time to a bad time. We go from glory to bummer. But in your world, we go from glory to glory to glory. Lord, we want, I just want you to take out of our mind, we want to break agreement with that lie that if things are really good, then they're going to get bad. Something's right around the corner waiting to happen. I know the enemy's always around the corner trying to trip us, but from you, you take us from glory to glory to glory, only from good to better to better. And so we want to look into you and your hand and who you are and what you do. You're not the stingy giver who withholds when we withhold. Yeah. You aren't defined by our attitudes. Yeah. You give because it's who you are. You love because it's who you are. You heal because it's who you are. They're your name. Your name is healing. Your name is love. Yeah. Your name is goodness, is kindness. Yeah. When the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared towards men, it wasn't by works of righteousness that we did, but it was according to your mercy that you saved us. Through the washing of regeneration and renewal by your Holy Spirit, whom you poured out abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Thank you for abundant Holy Spirit. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yes, pour out on us abundantly. Wash us abundantly. Wash over body, soul, and spirit, mind, will, emotions. Wash us with truth. We want to be renewed according to your word. Washed according to your word. No longer under any lies or deception or you know, limitation or lack. I want to be washed according to the abundance of heaven, the truth of heaven. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Your truth sets us apart as holy unto you, puts your holiness inside us, makes us holy unto you, brings us into your holiness, makes us different and changed. We say yes to your truth. We want to abide, continue, stay present with your truth. Yeah, so that we can know the truth and the truth makes us free. Thank you for the glorious freedom of the children of God. Thank you. Thank you that the ones the sun sets free are free indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that it was for freedom's sake that you set us free. Not to do good things. You just set us free to be free. Just to be free. 
You know, I asked the Lord one time, why is it so important that you just set us free to be free? He told me, free people make the best lovers. That's what he wants is lovers. And when we're bound up, we can't receive love or give love. So he sets us free to receive his love. Free to be loved. Say, I'm free to be loved. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because <laughs> it's out of the overflow of his love we can love others. We love because he first loved us. And if we want to see people healed, we have to receive his love so it can overflow out of us. Yeah. He's not stingy with his love. He went to the cross, suffered, that we could have his love. Thank you, God. Thank you for your abundance, for your goodness, for your power, for your might. Thank you. Yeah, just, just let yourself be washed with truth, with love, with freedom. Yep. Yep. You have permission to be free, be loved, be healed. Yep. To live in his truth. To let his truth transform your mind. Yep, and to never recover from truth. Sorry, you're ambushed by truth and love. Mercy and grace, they're all around you, above you, behind you, before you. Yep, he's ambushing you with his mercy and truth, with his love and goodness. Yep. And you can't escape his goodness. Yeah, his goodness is searching you out. <laughs> yeah. Nothing but his love. Nothing but his love. Amen? Everybody doing okay? Just take it. Did you take a little nap in his glory just then? <laughs> soaking, just getting down deep in the jacuzzi of his love and turning on all the jets. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep. Oh. He's better than you think. <laughs> it's called the good news. Not because it's bad, but because it's really good. <laughs> it's too good to be true. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Well, we're going to take a break for dinner.